Welcome to Sound and Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. Sound and Vision is sponsored by Golden Artist Colors. Golden makes some of the best art materials that you can get. You can find their products online at goldenpaints.com or in your local art store. Sound and Vision is also sponsored by Fulcrum Coffee Roasters. Fulcrum makes incredible coffee that you can have delivered to your door. Check out their website, fulcrumcoffee.com, where you can order subscription coffee services to have different blends delivered straight to your door, and you could save by entering code ALFREDSTUDIO when you check out. exhibited in museums and galleries across the United States, including the Weatherspoon Art Museum, the Virginia Museum of Contemporary Art, the Painting Center in New York, the Atlanta Center for Contemporary Art, the Southeastern Center for Contemporary Art in North Carolina, the North Carolina Museum of Art, Ortega y Gasset, Projects in New York, Make Projects in Pennsylvania, Wavelength Space in Tennessee, and Hedell Brooks Gallery in North Carolina. Currently, her work is in a two-person exhibition at the Columbus College of Art and Design's Beeler Gallery, and in March, she will have a two-person show at James May Gallery in Milwaukee. Her work has been written about in Two Coats of Paint, Art Papers, The Coastal Post, and Burnaway. Barbara attended Skowhegan, the Virginia Center for the Creative Arts, the Elizabeth Murray Artist Residency, and Hambridge Center of Creative Arts. She's a professor of art, and the director of the School of Art at the University of North Carolina, Greensboro. Barbara and I talk about old Pennsylvania days, teaching, materiality, abstraction, quilts, and much more. Here's our conversation. All right, me too. It's official. All right, here we go. (laughs) I'm not allowed to edit. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) <laughs> Although I, uh, I won't start swearing terribly. Uh, it's, and it, all all systems go. You can curse up a storm, <laughs> just like the old days. Oh, exactly. Um, so yeah, it's good to catch up. It's been so it's, long. It's great. It's great to talk to you. It really is. I know it's been. I don't even want to say how long. Does it Does it feel like another lifetime? Doesn't it? It It does feel like another lifetime. I mean, you know, it's been a little while, and we were. We were in very different places, and yet this continuum, right? I mean, yeah, it's yeah. also really great. Yeah, I don't even know. Part of my brain says I don't want to. There's certain things about that time period that were just so crazy. You know what yeah. I mean? That it, and then yeah. the other side of my brain is like, I don't really remember a, a whole lot. Although, I feel like there's certain... I'm sure you feel that way. There's certain developmental memories that you have that are so specific but then yeah. I'll forget a Zoom meeting or I'll like right. forget something on my calendar like you know a week ago. It's yeah. crazy how the mind works. Painting is the continuum. Painting yeah. connects then to now. It's the constant, right? <laughs> it just keeps constant. chugging along as we go up and down. It's the and constant. It's doing. the ground floor <laughs> from which it all comes. Yeah. Including and, this conversation. Right, exactly. It it um so but you're you're teaching. I mean you're you're really involved in academia. Yeah. Yeah. Is it is it exhausting but great or <laughs> I guess yeah. you have to on the record. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm you know, I'm directing an art school so yeah. it's it's a big thing. It's a, and and that's pretty that's pretty recent. That's just been since August. Right. Prior to that, I was, you know, teaching and in a more sort of normal capacity. Actually, I'm teaching less. Uh, I teach fewer classes now and then just try to make the art this art school, you know, keep going and um, huge learning curve, and of course, because I am who I am, it's all like, okay, how do I juggle this and keep painting? And um, definitely, am a stubborn person who is saying to all those folks, "Oh, you won't, you won't keep painting." Right. I mean, that's not that's not in the cards. Yeah. <laughs> not possible. <laughs> yeah. No. I think if so. you if you really want to make it work, you find a way. It maybe yeah. isn't as easy. 
Right. But right. you know, that's that's life. You know, with kids and stuff like that. There's oh, there's yeah. things that happen in your life that maybe chip away of all that free time in the studio. But yeah. Um, yeah. if you want to make it work, you make it work. It's just one more example of along as we all, as all of us who are artists and have learned how to juggle all these things that we have to juggle in order to keep making work, you know, buy food, have a house or yeah. a shelter or whatever, you know, so it's just one more example of that. And so, of course, I've been doing it for a couple of decades and have built up some pretty good time management strategies. Right. So. Well, you have to or it's you're you're yeah. done yeah <laughs> it's just like <laughs> right you know the studio gets retired so yeah. you're in North Carolina I'm in North Carolina I showed up here 20 years ago uh, for a one-year replacement for someone who didn't get tenure and here I am 20 years later directing the entire school of art well wow, you really got um, you really got drawn in <laughs> yes yes no but you know as as these things go I mean I think finding community, finding a community of, of people who are making, who are inspiring, who, um, you know, you can feel as though you're making your best work in a place that is rich in that regard. And so that's, you know, that's, that's a lot of the reason why I'm still here. Um, yeah. The freedom to make one's work in the place that you want to make it and um, finding support along the way. So. Right. Yeah. You know, I have to admit, it's been you know, a long time since I've been to North Carolina, probably actually 20, it's, it's easy because I think the last time I was in North Carolina was on tour with a okay. band in 2000. Yeah. It was probably 2000. So that's, you know, we'll get 24 years. <laughs> so I don't, I can't speak to it, but I, I mean, North Carolina is great, right? There's great music. Oh, yeah. There's, oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it completely. I mean, it's a, you know, there's, I live... I live fairly close to Chapel Hill and Durham, North Carolina, Winston-Salem. I mean, I the university where I teach is located in Greensboro, which is, uh, you know, a real confluence of a lot of different cultures and so incredible restaurants and, uh, you know, it, so it's a culturally rich place uh, in a lot of ways. I mean, I didn't grow up in the South, uh, and so it's an interesting thing. And, and it's funny, I think, even though I've been here 20 years, I, I think especially for those folks who have lived here their whole lives, I'm definitely still not from North Carolina, which, <laughs> yeah. which actually, you know, I would say that for myself, too. I'm still, a, you know, a Pennsylvanian, but um, it's been it's been a good place to be an artist, is yeah. what I would say. What are the main sticking points or the, the reasons like people say, yeah, she's not she's not from North Carolina? Is it just that you're not from or is it your speed or is it your... I think the it's because I wasn't born everything. here. <laughs> you yeah. know, I think it's because I wasn't born here. And yeah, but how do they know? I know, I know. Well, I mean, I guess this is something that get, you uncover over time, and then you discover that, you know, I wasn't born here, my parents weren't born here. Because right. I, you know, even wonder if my children, who were indeed born here, would be considered North Carolinians. Oh, who knows? That, That's yeah. getting in, into the weeds. But I think these, these, these places where, um, I don't know, where people have laid down some long, long roots. It's interesting to, and I feel a bit transient, weirdly, in that regard, in that I don't live in the place where my roots were initially planted. Yeah, and I think there's intrinsically something, there is a different, I don't know how to describe it, but there's just a difference between the South and the North, because, you know, I moved to New York City, what, 25 years ago. I feel like a New Yorker. Mm. And you know what I mean? Like, I feel like the yeah. culture of the city, I just feel like this person now. I yeah. do things that are not in, inherent to my way of growing up or whatever. It's It rubs off on you. But the thing is, is it's a northeastern city. Yeah. And I'm from Pittsburgh, which is, right. you know, it, it's not that different. It's different, but, yeah. you know. But I, the north and south, I think it, maybe it's a speed It's thing. distinct. It's distinct, you know. And, of course, such a long, long you know, complex history in yeah. this country, you know, between the North and the South and being in the South and, um, you know, it's, 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 it's something, I guess is what I would say. Yeah. And, and I am still aware of the fact that I didn't, that I'm not from here. Um, right. And that's, you know, I don't know that that's neither good nor bad. It is what it is. And I think it's a part of the fabric of our country. Yeah. 
Well, it's going to, I mean, geography, it always kicks in like every four years in this country where I have a heightened sense of the demographics of our country. So I think like a few days ago, we started to drift back into that um, bog, I would describe it as. Yes. (laughs) God. Um, So wait, I don't, I, I was thinking about this this morning. I don't know where in Pennsylvania you were born and grew up. I mean, so we all just kind of we all just yeah. kind of landed in the in middle. Central PA. I know. <laughs> yeah. So I grew up in uh, northeastern Pennsylvania, which is the Wilkes-Barre Scranton area, which yeah. interestingly enough is about three hours from New York City. So even though I was born in a very rural part of the state, I uh, I went to a high school that took us to New York City a couple times a, a season, which was which was incredible. Um, what, so, for like Broadway or sightseeing? Oh, or? yeah. We always went to see a Broadway play. Sure. Well, first of all, we'd show up and then they'd drop us off at a big museum and we'd spend the morning there. We'd get lunch and then we'd go see a play and then get home at like midnight on the on the Mart's bus. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So northeastern Pennsylvania, rural part of the state for sure. Um, and daughter of two educators. Um, I was going to say, how did they land there? Yeah. So, well, so here's the Penn State connection that starts quite young. My father worked for Penn State University and Penn State, of course, has these different campuses across the state. And so there's one in Wilkes-Barre. So that's why we ended up there. Um, And then... Boy, they have a lot of campuses, don't they? Oh, yeah. If you see the map, you're like, yeah, they're covering the whole state. They do, very it's intentionally. A, yeah, it's a lot. And then They're, you get to State College and like, how is it still that massive considering I all know, that? I know, they really, uh, you know, have, have, they span the state for sure. So, and then, you know, just ended up at Penn State University Park for, for college. Were they in creative fields? Not so much. Although my grandmother, who's the woman I was named for, was an artist, a painter, and uh, so, but my parents, my mother was, was an English teacher, she's now retired. My father worked for continuing education, so he was really uh, connected to just bringing uh, education to companies and people who needed to further their education to go to get a better job. Um, he was really involved in uh, helping communities in terms of just educating their citizens, essentially. So public education, I would say, was um, a big part of of my life growing up. Yeah, and has just remained that, you know, till now. Well, the uh, that sometimes that creative gene skips a generation. It, <laughs> it yeah. lies it lies dormant, not dormant, but you know, career or the the significance of its role in someone's life maybe skips a generation. Well, it was funny in that they were very, I think this was really mostly my mother was just determined that we all had, I have two siblings, and so we all had to take some kind of lesson. And mm-hmm. I started with the clarinet, which just didn't go very well, and then ended up taking art lessons from this woman who had opened up this studio nearby that was, and is still in existence, this incredible, I mean, she just literally painted all the time and also taught. and. Uh, it was a really rich studio environment, actually, to 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 kind of grow up. And I started in the sixth grade, taking these classes with her, and learned how to draw really, really well, really, really realistically, which of course is what you do when you begin. Of and, course. Um, <clears throat> and that just I don't know was very self-driven. I, I I would say, and just loved it from the start, and so really knew that that was going to be where I headed eventually in college. And my parents were supportive from the beginning in terms of, you know, choose what you love, choose what you want to do, and somehow you'll find your way. So so that's just a mentality that I've always had. Well, the, do you think that was enabled, I mean, was that the educator's mindset? Do you think it was the my kid can go to school for almost free mindset? <laughs> Although it was a lot cheaper then. Yeah, it was a lot cheaper. No, I, I honestly, I think that your point about the educator mindset is a good one in that, um, you know, it was a, it absolutely was a space filled with books and this sense of like, you can kind of create your world 
you know, through education. Education is a, is absolutely a doorway through which a world opens up. Yeah. Um, and that is, I don't know if we have, I think that we have these kind of anchors that really influence who we become and that, that sort of anchor of education being a point of access, being a way of, of again, the world opening up, dovetailed into art. I mean, because I feel art is the same way, you know, in that sense of, you know, literally the world opens up as you become an artist and you see yeah. more and you experience more. Um, so I think that a big part of my mentality as an artist is really anchored in just the kind of ethos that was in the home I grew up in, which right. is very much connected to education. So that it's funny too that area. I don't know exactly if it's near exactly where you grew up, but there are a lot of people who live in New York City who are finding places. It used to just be upstate New York. Yeah. That was like the place you go. And I think some people have found Eastern Pennsylvania because there is more space. It's less expensive. Yeah. The taxes, like, and you know, there's a lot of artists going out there. Yeah. Um, and it's a nice area. It's quiet. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's yeah. beautiful. It's a beautiful place to grow up. I'm sure you don't mind the weather shift. Although, it's not that bad anymore up here. We used to, when we were in college, I mean, blizzards. Like I know. <laughs> real full-on snow know. for months. Like, you wouldn't see the ground, you know? I know. Huge snow drifts. Not I so know. much. Not so much anymore. <laughs> I know. This global warming, right? It's it's real. I mean, uh-huh. that, that those specific memories of, like, the blizzard to non-blizzard ratios in the winter has definitely shifted. Yeah, but, I remember um, those. I remember those days going to class. Yeah, they would <laughs> never all the snow cancel. <laughs> no. Um, so with creativity, so you had that kind of early inkling of, oh, this is something I like to do. Um, did you ever break out the clarinet since then? Or was it retired forever? No, that, you know, I, I, I uh, never really got into it. <laughs> I think I lasted about a year and then, of course, hated to practice and... That was that. So That's always the telltale sign. Like if yeah. you don't want to work on, if it's not like making you feel good, you know what I mean? Exactly. That was me exactly. and piano. <laughs> like I just could, I don't know, I couldn't. And then yeah. I started playing saxophone and that was more fun, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, clarinet's tricky. You know, I really wanted to play the oboe, but when oh, I had the audition, I even couldn't more. make a sound. I couldn't <laughs> make is- a sound. <laughs> That's crazy, that double reed thing. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That is not the sort of like, you know, that's the deep end of the pool, really. I know, I know. But honestly, I think if they would have given me a chance... You would have nailed know. it. I, yeah. I, may, I may not be talking to you right now. I right. might have a very different... <laughs> or it could have been about the symphony, you know? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> well, what was their... I mean, was there music in the house? What was? What are educators, oh, like their, their, their I mean, taste of music? Yeah, I mean, my, so, I mean, my, my parents grew up in the 60s, and my father particularly had a huge record collection. Nice. And those have gradually made their way to myself and my brother, but, um, and so, constantly music being played. I mean, the Beatles, Elvis Presley, you know, all, all of that. Yeah. Um, Did it go into the Dead and the Dylan and all that stuff, too? Dylan, not so much the Grateful Dead, but... Um, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. I mean, Joni Mitchell, just like all of the Blue Album. I mean, just so much of that. Uh, particularly my father just has a real, I mean, music was so important for him as, as a teenager, and that was definitely a part of, I mean, music was always being played. Yeah. Something tells me these days, though, you're listening to a lot of Drake and... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I am, you know, it is funny. I mean, because I was thinking, oh, I'm going to have to talk about music, and I am, I am less of a music. I am a less of a music. There, music comes into my life in different ways right now. But um, that yeah, is totally that fine. That's that's legit. <laughs> Any way it gets in is legit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when you went to school, I mean, you went to Penn State. What was mm-hmm. your uh, sort of thoughts about art and how you know did you have any knowledge about the art program or did you think oh, I'm going to go directly into trying to get into a BFA program did you know what you were going to focus on was it more foundations you know I showed up at Penn State and 
was really wide open. Mm-hmm. And I think I was, you know, my background as I think for most high school students, I had, I had done a lot of painting and drawing and that was about it. And so I was really excited to come to Penn State and, you know, take a sculpture class and take printmaking and try things that I'd never tried before. And initially uh, I was in the printmaking, I was in the BFA printmaking program. Yeah. Um, and And still really love printmaking, although I've done it I can't remember the last time I've made a print. And then, um, and I feel like you were in this class. I, I ended up in beginning painting with Helen O'Leary and just, I mean, that was that. Yeah, and we I, got hooked, I, right? Yeah. She was and we charismatic. Had such, she, incredibly. And I mean, I, to kind of talk about that idea of like what, keep, what compels you to keep doing something, I just, that class was such, or that moment was such a revelation for me as a young person because I just saw painting as as just being full of endless possibility and yeah. and there was just no no limit to what could be discovered or done and i feel you know helen of course really instilled that but also just an incredible community of of you all i mean we were all incredibly excited about and serious about what we were doing and oh, that's yeah. just yeah. that's just there's just no substitute for that. So it was just, I was all in at that point and just um, really haven't turned back. Yeah, that that, um, era, I mean, that's all we know. You only come up when you come up, right? So, but that era had a lot of energy and a lot of seriousness to it, which, you know, I don't, I don't know if that can happen in the same way anymore. Although there was a lot of stuff that was happening that was probably not okay. <laughs> there was some craziness going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there was some lawlessness yeah. that I think we all were invigorated by. Yeah. This fertile beehive of like activity of, you know, making and um and I think and there was a little I don't know if you feel this way about that time period, but there was that excitement about what all these possibilities. And then we had faculty that were really sort of inspiring us to just take the leap, you know? Yeah. I remember in uh, Michaela's class, the installation art class, it was like, you could do no wrong. And the more you destroyed the convention of whatever it was, the better it was. I mean, it was just that sort of mindset. And I think um, that was coupled by an ignorance to what now students know everything about, which is the structure, the career, the, oh, the yeah. ambition. Yeah. I mean, we just heard about grad schools. Like, oh, you could do yeah. that next. And that was pretty much it. And there were a handful yeah. that they would tell you about. Yeah. So it seems yeah. Wild West in a way. Of just- I know. Well, it was, it was absolutely, you know, I would say 100% about being in the studio, yeah. logging the hours, making the work, relentlessly and and I just remember you know reviews where it was like well you didn't fill the entire wall or you didn't fill the whole room I mean it was just enormous amounts of output so this like movement really quick it was production production yeah oh it was it was I mean I just and that I mean it's like that whole 10,000 hours thing right like it's I I just feel like yeah we just we logged the time which is the only way I feel like I don't know, you know, to, to really figure that out, to figure pain out, to figure out who you are, what you want to say. Um, and, you know, again, that sense of, of possibility that just happens the deeper that you go into, into your endeavor. Yeah, so uh, this is great to talk to you because I often think this question, and but then uh, since we had a, a very sort of parallel track in a way, and we both teach now. I wonder how you feel about it because now it's it's not. I think when I first started teaching, I was trying to really inspire people to really work, like just work, just work, work, work. But then yeah. I, it it there's almost like a pushback against that of like it's really about sort of balancing quality of life and not getting too worn down and you know and not being too hard on students or, or asking too much of them and there's a lot of stress and there's a lot of pressure put on people now that we didn't really have yeah um i don't i i feel like i've i've adapted what would be my default setting of like you've got to work harder and i still really believe that like you're mm-hmm. only going to 
to really make developments as an artist, just like a musician has to practice their instrument or, you know, an athlete, like a basketball player has to take the shots, you know, like you have to, yeah. it's, it's I, I think for, for most, I mean, there are some artists who are conceptual and it's not about this sort of production thing. It's more about the idea. But I think for the most part, if you're making things, you, you the, the hours you put in, that really shows. But I don't know, as far as like pushing people to do that, it's difficult these days. I feel like it's, you know, it's like parenting too. You know, like yeah. sometimes it was good to like feel like my dad was going to have my head if I you know, said something to my mother that wasn't the right thing to say, you know? And nowadays you can't, you just, it's just. It's a different world, you know? And I, I do think, I don't know how, how to think about it sometimes. Cause you know, even things like, you know, we weren't carrying these, these smartphones around, you know, we weren't, we, I know, I know. I feel the same way as, you know, especially having a teenage, you know, son, you know, I mean, I just think we, I feel as though there are in the world, I think levels of anxiety like are different. It's a very different, I feel as though it's a very different thing to be an 18 year old kid now, especially post pandemic. Um, And so I sometimes think like how, you know, how will they find their way? And I almost think, you know, okay, so my job is to offer these tools and to, to tell you how, you know, my experience, which is that, you learn how to paint by painting, you know? I can tell you some things, but you really figure it out by, by painting. <laughs> so and you, isn't, it, isn't it funny that it's come down to that? <laughs> it's true. You're gonna learn it's by true. doing it. I know, like, that, that has I know. to be stated as like, I, you know. I know, I know, but but it is, you know, and so simple, and so simple on some way, in some ways, and yet so sort of day in, day out, you know, and that's, that's not sexy, you know, no. I don't know, like, that's not, not like, that's, that doesn't make people follow inst- you on Instagram, the right. sort of, the reality of that, you know, you just show up. The I, daily grind, yeah, <laughs> that doesn't yeah. make for good content every day, no, right? No, no, yeah. no, oh, here I am again, doing what I did <laughs> yesterday, but just a little bit further along, or maybe not. <laughs> right, yeah, I took it um, off the stretcher and back to square one, that's not, yeah. yeah. But um, I think the other side of that, which I know you relate to, is this, is this, I don't know, this like engagement of something that has such legs and that yeah. is, you know, decades long. And, and so like I go to the studio and I'm there for that moment, but, but that moment stretches back for so many years. And um, I don't know, there's just nothing like it. So I just, I, I think at this point, you know, there's, there are ways in which I have to acknowledge how different the reality of the world is for my students versus I think the world that we inhabited. And I'm just trying, I'm trying to give them everything I have and trusting that they, those, they will find their way in the, in the manner that makes sense to them. Yeah, I think one of the main things that I feel is a lost art is the ability to fail right Mm. and make mistakes because that is so important it's so important to just have a safe space it's like now conceptually it feels like the safe space is like people are nice to you or they say the nice things or they create an environment that's welcome but I think the safe space is for for as as far as creative people is to be able to just make crap like I I made bad stuff for a long time and I learned a lot through that process and you know it wasn't easy but then again i wasn't sharing it with like you know thousands of people totally every, every I day no so know. there's that confliction and i feel like people are worried to fail or worried yeah. to make mistakes and that is going it's basically you're, you're gonna quit before you even really try yeah you know yeah and that's a shame because you really i mean that's the thing helen did I, I'm not the best art, I'm not the best drawer, I'm not the best, I'm an average artist, but she made me feel like I was amazing or I could do oh, amazing I things. I know. And because of that, it you get the drive that will actually make you yeah. create things that could be special or yeah. to put the time and effort in to believe in yourself and that's such a big part of it. That's yeah. a gift. Oh, for sure. Well, and also, I mean, I think, you know, that notion and she was so, it, and I'm sure still is gifted at, at this ability to see what is specific, what is particular, you know, what is it that you, 
you know, you, me, whoever, you know, what is what is it that I particularly have to say? And somehow yeah. is able to p draw that out. You know, it's the mark of all great teachers um, to kind of see this possibility that that you have to catch up for, you know, you have to catch up to on your own. Um, and but this idea of failure, I, 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 I so agree. And, and it is actually something I talk about a lot with my students. And, try to create assignments that, you know, speed, you know, moving through things quickly is, a, mm -hmm. is I think, a way that I often try to get at that with them is like, you know, you're, you're, you're just making some, you can't, you can't think, you just got to draw faster than you can think or paint faster than you can think. And so how can we kind of like, almost like trick you into, into doing so much that you kind of move into that different realm of thinking where it's not so much, you know, and that's for me in the past, like what music has done while I've painted mm -hmm. or, you know, I'm a big, audiobook listener and and which sounds so dorky but like there's this way in that uh it, sitting within a story like inhabiting a story while i'm working is 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 you know allows me to kind of move into this other space which i think is you know it connects back to this like sense of like working so much that you know you forget that you don't even you're not thinking about am i failing am i succeeding you're just you're just making you're just moving you're yeah. allowing the work to to keep coming and you learn from it you learn from what what emerges that didn't work you learn from what emerges that worked really well but sometimes the things that that work really well can also be a trick right like the ways right. in which like then you think okay well i've thought, i've solved it i've figured it out so that's all i need to do yeah. So I try, you know, I, I don't know. I think about that too. You know, I've scaled back a little from those assignments where I make, I, or I just tell people do like 50 of these or 100 of these, but I think that those are good because it like number 89, you don't care anymore. Yeah. So you're going to be yeah. willing to make a risk or to, to take a leap from something or you're just not even, it's like a forced flow state or something where. Yeah. Right. I mean, you just like you just create this kind of morass, and somehow in the morass, you you you're able to pull out these little moments that are like, okay, there there's something, and that I mean, I think it's a, it's a, again that kind of ten thousand hour thing. Like uh, I'll just you know log so much, and somehow in there, you know, I'll I'll hit I'll hit the target. Yeah, I think there's also kind of like a parallel to like a Buddhist mentality of thought of where you're filling up everything, all this information, but the real goal is to be able to just let it all go in a way. Yeah. So you learn all this stuff so you can leave it at the door and just figure out that what you really need to do is your own thing. But all yeah. that stuff you learn helps you sort of absolutely empty out. It's weird. It's hard to describe, but I think yeah. you, it's kind of a force from the trees thing. So you can only really start to see it as you get a little older and you've done it for a while and you're like, oh, okay. So I can just do my thing, yeah, and and let let it dictate itself or move to its own places, and not worry about the framework of everything else that it fits into. And there's a real yeah. value to that. Yeah. Well, and that is, I I mean, you know, speaking to you and and knowing again, we are on these kind of parallel tracks of like having been doing this for a similar length of time, and I just think, you know, there it gets to this place where you realize, okay, I've acquired some experience here, and that experience has a different yield than when I was 22 or when I was 25 or when I was 30, you yeah. know, and, uh, and, and, you know, one of the, I was thinking about this podcast and, and, like, even this notion of sound division, and one of the things that I think is fascinating, too, is, like, this way in which it's, like, acquiring a kind of, you, acquiring a kind of depth, say, with painting, then gives you the ability to sort of see how, oh, I can see how a musician, and I know you are a musician, you know, I can see how a, a musician can do that as well. And I understand that even though, say I'm not a musician or I'm not a dancer, I can understand that kind of depth of connection to an art form and I recognize it. And, and that, that for me becomes really fascinating, like these ways in which my a kind of depth of experience relative to an art form can give you access to other other people who are in a similar place. Definitely, I don't know if that makes sense. No, it makes complete sense, and it I think that uh, resonates with this idea of that I didn't really realize was happening is the older I get, the more I like other stuff. 
And, yeah. you know, like I remember being in school in those days when we were in school and like there was this punk ethos of like, no, I know the right, this is the cool stuff. Everything else is crap. And, you know, as you get older, <laughs> you're like, eh, that artist, blah, blah. And as it continues on, you're like, oh, you start to appreciate anyone that has taken a deep dive yeah. or is really indebted to what they're exploring because you understand that that is really what this is all about. It's really yeah. about getting past the surface of something and and looking deeper into like why we're here, what we're doing or what we're looking at. Yeah. And uh, it, it's it's hard to see at first. I know. And you see that it's like, okay, this is this is about my life, you know? Yeah. And so like painting is a way painting has been such a vehicle for my living a life. It's like it's opened the door to living that life, you know? And so and I think that that is something that I just I mean, to be honest, like that's that is why I teach because it's it's I think about the depth of experience that I feel like I keep talking about this like sense of depth or whatever. But like this, it's like this study, this immersion in this in this medium, in this in this way of moving material around a surface has just these ramifications that just keep spiraling out through the rest of my very being, you know, and. Um, and it's why we, it's ultimately why, why we do it, you know? Yeah, I think so. And sometimes you don't even know in the beginning and you start to understand. It's like your work, you know, you, after a while of doing it, you start to look back and understand a little more about what it's about or what you've yeah. been exploring, even if it feels kind of foreign, you know, but let's, so let's get to your work. So. I mean, I have that relationship of remembering what you were doing when we were in school together, which is a long time ago and a totally yeah. different lifetime of, of, you know, sort of artistic development, but it is where you started. So yeah. how, how were you making work in school? How has it progressed? Like walk us through your, you know, your, your work and your process and how you've sort of approached making work over these years. Sure. Abstraction is the constant. You know, I think that really solidified for me probably my junior year in in undergraduate school. And abstraction for me is, I would say, a kind of hopeful orientation toward believing in a way that there's more than what I see. There's more than what I kind of tactfully, 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 not that's not the word I'm after, just tactfully. Um, able to engage like with my body and so abstraction is a way in which I can get to that place that's kind of beyond those senses and so that um, that's a constant and that's that's been throughout the work you know since that time when I was in at Penn State um, I would say that another another aspect of, that's been really important for me has been trying to get ever more specific to the definition of what I understand and experience and live painting to be which for me has meant that it's had to pull in more media than just paint right. um you know initially i th and collage I, you know collage even at penn state was really important i have a, i still do and i did then have a big sketchbook practice and initially it was all collage based and i, and I think i had this notion that like oh collage can't come into the painting we've got to keep all you know these weird little rules that we for whatever reason digest where I you know I kept it all separate and then I would say I don't know maybe 15 years ago I began to see that I could give myself permission to pull collage into the surface of the paintings and that that ruptured you know like literally the surface and able to build on top of that and then in about 2014, I learned how to make quilts, uh, and I learned how to do that from my mother. And that felt, you know, that knowledge, like acquiring that knowledge, again, at this moment where I'd been painting for a while, it was really weird. Like, I had this sense that that knowledge was like the missing piece, that somehow there was this, uh, like, like, I had this kind of like, gargantuan like sort of unwieldy definition of painting and fabric had to be part of it and i mean fabric technically is part of painting right canvas. if you're if you're working you know in the sense of stretching canvas and so yeah. i think that 
Um, you know, so, so that's become a really important aspect of the work, which is that essentially all my paintings start with me piecing together the ground. So the ground is not, a, it's not a given, it's got to also be made. And, and that's, to be honest, more and more an important part. And then um, the paint gets added, the collage gets added. And there's definitely this way in which my love of abstraction and also I think my love of a kind of expanded definition of paint which is also connected to you know someone like Helen and really being you know influenced by her way of thinking yeah um is also linked to these like I mean I th honestly like as a woman and as an abstract painter really kind of confronting the degree to which the history that I felt I was handed was so inadequate right and in terms of like Western abstraction. And so a lot of it's been, okay, well, so if that's not gonna be adequate, then where do I find my history? Uh, and I found it in my own lineage, you know, through through women who have come before me. Actually, weirdly enough, aside from my grandmother, who is a painter, there's also this long history of textile makers in my family, in my, in my mother's side. And um, right now I'm, I'm very much mining that history and really trying to discern like, okay, what what is a history of abstraction that is situated within a personal history? And can that be valid? And why is it valid? Particularly when I just feel like, of course, art history is so absent, so many narratives that that are critical. Right. Um, and, and so, you know, there's all that. And so, you know, the work is involved in a lot of geometric abstraction, that's a big, part of, that's become, I, I would say, a much more important part of my language in the last couple of years, really thinking about order. Um, when I was at Penn State, this notion of order and disorder was definitely something I was thinking about, and I think I continue to work with those ideas just in different permutations. Yeah, the chaos and control, mm -hmm. the dynamics of, I mean, what one of the great things about abstraction is bringing that sort of thing into the foreground. Did you, did you know about um, the Jeez Ben quilts before or after? Like, when did you first see those? I mean, I knew of them before I, you know, began to work with textile in my own work. And of course, as, as we all are just, you know, were, was astonished by those. And Isn't it amazing when you just you're like, oh, wow. Like, my yeah. friend Matt, you know, showed me that work years and years ago, but yeah. way late in the game. Like, I should have known that, you know. Yeah. I, I, my mind said, oh, I should have seen these earlier. This is amazing. Um, but, yeah, when you when you sort of, it's not like you're uncovering, but, like, there's, there's work like that or there's artists that maybe are a little under the radar for whatever given movement, but when you find yeah. them, it's so rich. And, yeah, it's... Oh, for sure. Amazing. No, and so that, you know, that work, I mean, for me as well, in graduate school, I had this, I don't, and I don't remember the name of the artist, but had a visiting artist who came through my studio and gave me a catalog to this big show that was at the Los Angeles County Museum of Art. It was, I think, the spiritual and abstraction, I think, was it was something like that. I don't remember the exact title, but a huge show at LACMA. And within that show was Hilma off Clint. And oh, there was yeah. like two little pages devoted to her. And I remember in grad school, I mean, so this is like 1999, 2000, just like fixating on those two pages. And of course, at that point, that's all there was. You couldn't find right. anything. Um, and so it's, it's interesting, you know, so she, she's been someone who's been there actually for a long, long time. And I've been really thrilled to the, the degree to which now you can see so much of her work. And um, I saw actually a huge survey in London before the big show at the Guggenheim. Mm -hmm. um, and that was a, that, so speaking of kind of finding people who you need, who weren't, who weren't there when you were being formed, say as a painter, and it's like, right. okay, here are these people that are my people. Yeah, and, and to be honest, I feel like no matter who you are, what identity, no matter what your work is like, there's someone, there's people doing that stuff. Yeah. It's just whether, you know, the canon is the canon or whatever, but you know, yeah. you can find that stuff. I remember the first time I, st I walked into a gallery in Chelsea and I saw an Ann Truitt show. And oh I was like, my gosh. I was like, yeah. who's this? I, I just thought yeah. it was an offshoot or it was going to be some dude, you know, sort of like 
minimalist, neo-minimalist. I didn't understand. I was like, who is it? And then when I read her story or her bio, oh I was gosh. like, wow, this is amazing. I and I've learned she lived in Japan for a while. So, and then yeah. when those books came out, like I, what an artist. And, oh my gosh, and I know. sort of destroying the, you know, this sort of um, pervasive thought that some people have that abstraction is so removed from emotion or personal experience or whatever. Exactly. That, yeah. that I think for, I mean, sometimes I think deep down, maybe I am an abstract artist, but I just don't. Well, actually, when I was in school, I was making abstract work. I know, I know, I remember. So I think yeah. it's it's there, but yeah, I, I if if I had read those books, you know, and I was an abstract artist, I think I would really feel. I mean, I I love those books regardless, but yeah, um, yeah, that that's certain artists gives you that fuel, you know what I mean? To yeah, to keep going and push and and like Joe Bear was another one that I was just mm-hmm. blown away by. I remember yeah. seeing an old postcard probably back in those days and it was a show probably at the Whitney or maybe mm. I don't know it was a big show somewhere it was like Saul LeWitt it was Richard Serra it was just dude 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 and then Joe Bear and I was like wait who's <laughs> who's this and looking yeah. at that work and it just blew yeah. me away and absolutely yeah, yeah. It, no I I mean Andrew it is a huge one for me for sure yeah that work is so beautiful and I, I don't know if you read those books, but there was, yeah, to, I did. Her life well, here, was like, it was she, tough. There um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, but she's a brilliant thinker. Yeah. You know, and the ways in which she just, it's like she says so often when it's like, what can't be said? And you're like, yep, yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. Those books, okay, speaking of Penn State in that moment, weirdly enough, like these well-placed moments that are important, um, leaving Northeastern Pennsylvania, heading to Penn State, a friend of my mother's gave me Entruit's first, it was Daybook. She gave me a copy that, of Daybook, which... You read it that long ago? I read it the summer before my freshman year at Penn State, and I I didn't fully understand what I was reading, because they're pretty complicated, you oh, know, yeah. and, and yeah, have, yeah, of yeah. course, read it since, and and it's it's a very different thing, but that... I think I mean that was a really important moment for me of course as a as a woman as a as a as you know someone who is as we were just very serious about this endeavor so to read those words was really important so yeah. she's yeah that's a that's a that's another anchor yeah it's fun to do that where you read something early on because there's so many books that I read because people are like you got to read this and yeah. I read it and 90% of it when yeah. like I felt like it was important <laughs> But ninety yeah. percent of it just went by, and then you read it later on, and you're like, "Wow, this is this hits different yeah. now." Except yeah. for like Rilke, I still can't. I mean, it's beautiful, <laughs> but it's not like I'm getting more out of it or something. You know what I mean? Some stuff yep. is still hard to to grasp. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it's fine to acknowledge that, right? That yes. we're still learning. Oh, of <laughs> and course, evolving I, and I, opening. I keep trying. I come back to Infinite Jest over and over and over. I again. have not read that. Yeah, it's it's just one of the. I mean, it's it's a tomb. The thing is yeah. huge. Yeah. But now I just uh, last week I see that it's on audiobook format, so I might oh, have it that too. Because I, I someone was talking about the um, the David Foster Wallace commencement speech where he talks about yeah. the fish in the water, which is pretty yeah. epic. And I was like, yeah, oh yeah, his books. One. So I went back and it was you know, yeah, it's good stuff. I have those formative things that you're not fully formed yet but they do have a big impact Those yeah really and then you look back key. and you realize okay that was that moment where that woman gave me that book yeah. you know that was that was that's huge that was important yeah yeah i used to hate picasso oh i know <laughs> i mean i'm not getting behind him as a human but i'm just saying like yeah. the work is just you know i went yeah. to the the Picasso Museum in Barcelona and Sala Las Minas, like the Meninas, the, oh, all yeah. those paintings. Right. It just. Right. I mean. And all the drawings that led up to that, you know. Oh. It's so it, fascinating. I love seeing that whole, you know, just the process of thinking that goes into, into those, yeah, into those works. I, I wonder if sometimes if that's a getting old thing, though, because I love the deep dive. And I don't know if the deep dive is that. I think now it's more the wide dive. But, but that's one of the cool things about the internet, to your point earlier, yeah. is that you can find Hilma Afklim, like you can find, you know, Joe Bear works, or you can find all that stuff. And I think, mm-hmm. 
it's pretty interesting how now influence is so scattered. It's like mm-hmm. fractured. It's it's like not as linear. Yeah. Which is freeing from conventions of high low art and all that stuff. I mean, does when you're in your own work, is it very sort of hermetic at this point and you're working off of like permutations that you're doing on each piece or are you bringing a lot of stuff in from the outside or is it pretty much organic i mean i i so i mentioned i have a really important sketchbook practice which is um fairly daily and that is it's i feel like that's like this studio like um I don't know sit-ups or whatever where it's like you're I'm just generating I'm generating images quickly and you know over the over time just sort of things tend to emerge that start to seem important it always happens first in the sketchbook um but uh, you know like my space of course is full of images that I'm collecting artists not always artists you know things from the natural world uh you know particularly I think um instances of geometry found in nature are fascinating to me histories of quilt making um you know amish quilt making coming from pennsylvania uh is is something that i've been looking at a lot lately uh finding examples of sort of matrilineal abstraction which is a real presence in my own history so that's been actually seeing examples of that that are really directly related to my own life and were literally in the home that I grew up in. Yeah. Um, I've the last body of work that I made that I finished just this just this past fall um, was probably the most focused body of work that I've made in in terms of I was really focused on uh, the diamond form mm-hmm. because it was based in uh, this rug that was made by my great great grandmother and it was an abstract pattern that she had created and so I just decided to focus like literally using the colors that she chose literally using the image you know the patterning the sort of shapes that she was engaged with just to see what would what would spin off like what were what were gonna what were the echoes that were gonna emerge and in a way um, I mean, of course, I'm not. Gonna, I shouldn't be surprised because this is so much of what we think about in a classroom. Just that kind of focusing, just really opened up all these possibilities for me in terms of like movement over the surface. And um, so there's definitely a way in which the immersion in that work and just like just being so intensely engaged in that body of work, which was really made over like I don't know five months or six months so a lot happened really really fast like that was that was such an intense moment of of again going in and then moving in so deeply that suddenly things open up and there are all these now questions and possibilities of of further development that I want to keep going you know and I'm working on some things right now in the studio that are just born of those questions that emerged in that in that yeah. work well, how do you, because I thought of it when you were talking about your sketchbook and how that, or you're, you know, working on paper every day and that kind of like putting the reps in of just the exercise of drawing. I mean, I've, I've really lately, I, I used to use the computer to tweak things for paintings, like, you know, just tweak the composition. I use it as a tool in the sense of like a preparatory thing and then it, it translated to animations. But lately I've really been drawing a lot on the tablet, like on the iPad. Huh. And um, I, I, I was curious as to, I mean, you're also, you know, at a school, you're running a school. So what are your thoughts on like new media and, and it's, you know, not maybe not so much for your own personal practice or just the, you know, the engagement of new media and the role of art making. I mean, I think I think use what use the tools that allow you to do what you need to do. You know, and so yeah. many I, th- I see so many of my students who are so conversant in you know in, in working with their iPads and drawing and um, you know we have a new animation program and it's been so interesting to talk to those professors who some of whom have a real history in painting and mm-hmm. are pulling that into into their work in animation and I find all that fascinating um, so I think that that's you know for me I think it is again like okay what what are the tools that are needed to say the things that you need to say and um, and for me you know it still remains 
working with paper, working with collage marker, that kind of thing. Um, and so I haven't found my way into that place at the moment, but, you know, I just think use what you need to use. Yeah, definitely. And look, anyone under the age of 25 has definitely put in the 10,000 hours on a device. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. It's on Steam. So they can teach it. me. <laughs> I mean, I know they can teach me. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's, it's so, I, you know, I'm really interested in where the sort of dividing line, not so much of like the media itself, but um, how it can influence different ways of working through different media. And yeah, uh, yeah it's just uh, the, the literacy of it is really completely different. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I feel like, because I, I started a digital painting course and I teach, oh, I teach cool. a digital painting class, which is really coming from a more, you know, like a, I'm a painter. It's like a fine yeah. artist sort of, uh, angle on it so I think it's kind of fun where I could be valuable is maybe getting people who are just always working on the computer injecting some analog or some outside sort of um, interest into that which is is uh it's it's funny to get to that point with it <laughs> to where yeah. you're you're like the old person like trying to inject some old into the new in a way but I, I think it's valuable yeah, well, and I mean, I, I I think as you're speaking, I'm thinking about, again, like this, this like, okay, we've got this base, say, in our training as pa as painters, and then you then you take that, that training, and you take that understanding of like material, and how to process material, and how to, you know, how to kind of make it do what you want to do. And, you know, for me, I think the other medium that, of course, has come in is, 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 is fabric and textiles and, and really working and being aware of that as a history. And coming to that, you know, not as a textile artist per se, but as someone who's a painter. Like, right. I, feel like I feel like that, of course, really influences the way that I, if I make something that is, say, conventionally a quilt, I make it as a painter. And I that's particular like that's a particular body of knowledge but you know born of a particular material that you know doesn't only reside in that material like that's what that that's so like when you're speaking about like okay as a painter now moving into these different say new media um i just find it really fascinating well then how do you come to that as someone who's made paintings like that that's fascinating to me you know however however you pull in different media into, you know, the, I don't know, that sort of origin of your knowledge, say, as an artist. Right. It's intriguing. Yeah, it's like, a, there's, there's a long prevailing idea that, you know, um, steps forward or, or innovations can be made through, uh, you know, an unfamiliarity with the, the that technical way to do something, you know, which mm -hmm. is always interesting. I love that idea because I am technically not gifted at most things, so I feel like, hey, I can maybe break down a new door. <laughs> um, but it's like Charles Mingus, before his concerts, he's kind of famously was known for just changing the tuning of his huh. bass and not telling his bandmates and he would start playing and they would be like oh shit we gotta you know they'd have to adapt on the fly like quickly and that kind of keeping you on your toes and being unfamiliar with it it, it sort of like can breed innovation or an adaptation that yeah. can generate something new in a way and I think that um, if if nothing else, all the developments in technology and the way we're encountering images, it's not boring. There's a lot of stuff going yeah. on. So it, it makes yeah. for some pretty interesting um, blurring of lines. Because, you know, like when we were in school, there were lines. It was, yeah. here's this area in that floor of that building. There's that area, you know. Yeah. And now it's just people are just into images or things. And, you know, there's something nice about that, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear that. But also this way in which like you don't, you know, so I think, again, you say you, you are this painter and you move into using another media. It's like you don't start from zero with that media. You right. start you start with this this knowledge that you already have. And I just I, I think, again, like this this way in which what we do is is knowledge, you know, material knowledge in, engagement visually, of course. Um, you know, I, I think also as someone, of course, who's at a university who at times has to just justify that knowledge as being so right, um, right. is something that I think about a lot. 
Yeah, but I think what's cool about making artwork is you can use things. You can use tools or ideas and you can just learn it the way you want to learn it or you can apply it the way it works best for you. And I think people who embrace that as opposed to trying to master whatever medium they're in just for the mastery of it, I think they're able to find their voice more directly than trying to smush it through. I was... This sounds completely ridiculous, but I always feel bad for people who are insanely gifted at technically at something to where they yeah. feel like they can't abandon it at all because yep. there's mm-hmm. too much risk in that. Like they yep. lean in on the fact that they could just make anything amazing, you know. And I uh, know, you know, I'm more of the Joey Ramone camp of like, well, I play a few chords here and let's just like put everything into that, you know, and just rock out on it. Yeah. <laughs> What is it? I mean, we're, we're, you think you brought, did you bring up Buddhism earlier, but like this whole beginner's mind thing, yeah, which I think yeah. is so important. In the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. And in the expert mind, I think that I've maybe mangled that. There are a few, but I just think like that is, it's like to what you're speaking about. And I see that so often with students who are like, it's got to look like this. And if it doesn't, you know, I'm out. If, I, if I let go <laughs> of that, if I, then I, then I, you know, and I always feel like saying like, I've got your number. Like I've been doing this for a while. Yeah, you know, yeah. I've seen a lot of people who can draw really well. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not as it's not as rare as you might think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And and you, it's not necessarily your voice or, or yeah. what you were put on the earth to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's that that beginner's mindset. It's the, that idea that you know, the more you learn things and the more you know, the more you really do understand. There's a lot that you don't know, and you get comfortable mm-hmm. with that, and you feel. Mm-hmm sort of inspired by what you don't know to just keep pushing, you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. So um, so you're still working. Yeah, I mean, you're working, absolutely. working. You've got your job, yep. but you're still doing your studio thing. I mean, are yep. you get, are you, uh, and you just, did you just mount a show, a two-person Yeah, show? yeah, talk about experimentation and sort of going outside of one's comfort zone. I just, literally last week, about a week ago, a show opened, um, it was a collaboration, which is, mm-hmm not something I do a whole lot, but um, ended up going to the Columbus College of Art and Design uh, to work with an artist named Katie Davis, who I've known for about 20 years. And she invited me, she's a professor there, invited me there. Basically, we were given a, a big, open, beautiful gallery space, and we proposed the idea of just bringing a bunch of fabric and paint and materials and essentially turning the space into a a collaborative painting slash installation slash who knows and worked two 12 hour I got there Monday night we worked two 12 hour days uh, had an opening and I'm definitely still processing that experience but (laughs) it is this thing where it's like you know we say to our students you know experiment try new things go out and do you know you know and then it's like okay that's it's a it's a pretty painful thing to do i mean right. it not easy it, it not easy so that is some, that's up right now um again at the columbus college of art and design i've got a two-person show coming up um in milwaukee and actually in about a month and a half so i'm working on just wrapping up some things for that show um yeah definitely some things on on the some deadlines on the horizon that that also enforce this like determination oh, to yeah. just keep going. Nothing keeps you on track like a deadline. Yeah. It's like, yeah, especially when you're really busy cuz sometimes yeah. you can be like I don't have the energy. Nope, I got it. Yeah, gotta there's no this. choice. <laughs> there's and no then choice. And people be like, "Wow, how are you doing all this stuff?" And he's like, "Barely." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I have to do it. So. <laughs> it's a good thing you can't see the inside of my head. <laughs> exactly. That's the- <laughs> It's funny how many times I think that in a given day. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, no, I'm also an early morning worker, so that's so you know. Isn't it there nice? aren't, It's it's. Quiet. I think you are too, right? Yeah, I am. Now, yeah, ever since I used to be a late night worker, and then when I was in grad school, I my one of my job was to be the visiting artist liaison, so I'd have to wake up early to bring them from the train station to talk. So I became a morning. I realized no one's there in the morning. Everyone's exactly. there all night. Exactly. It's quiet, and I'm yep. energetic in the morning because I yep. woke up and I have energy. So I became a morning person since then. Oh yeah, and so that's the thing. You know, not a lot else to do at five a.m. But no. you know, paint. So yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. Um, and so for people to see what you're doing, Instagram. 
best Instagram. Places. Yep. Um, I also have a website, actually newly updated, BarbaraCampbellThomas.com, and there are all kinds of links on that. So nice. Yeah. This is really great to catch up. Oh, it's so great to talk to you and just, I mean, you know, reflect on what it what it is to have been doing this for a while, yeah, which is definitely. pretty great. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thank you, Brian. <laughs>